Ninjas vs. Monsters, starring Alexia, written and directed by Justin, is now available to buy at ninjasvs.com. That's ninjasvs.com. Or you can rent it on iTunes or Xbox or Comcast, wherever you do that stuff. So go to ninjasvs.com or rent it, buy it, check it out right now. Just check it out. It's even got on the DVD at ninjasvs.com a commentary that's basically a Trek off show with me and Alexia just talking over the film. So go to ninjasvs.com. You really want to see this one. Ninjas vs. Monsters at ninjasvs.com or rent it on Xbox, iTunes, or Comcast. Okay, enjoy the show. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. You guys have missed a show, man. We did a whole show <laughs> before anyone. this. And there was a show just for us. And we wanted, we're, si- we're tired of doing comedy for you guys, man. We're tired of making you guys laugh with our fucking dick and pussy jokes about Star Trek. No, now we've decided to go straight to tragic drama. And that has been the drama, as it has been for the last few weeks, of us getting the audio to I, work. Right? It's the fucking ongoing show. saga at this point. Right? Like, it's really got ridiculous proportions, I feel like. It's, it's, it's like so. Like saga like and everything. The, I think well, I, and sagas are good. I don't want to go against sagas. Believe me, I love the I love sagas, and we'll talk about sagas. And if tonight, you know what, see. and if we triumph over this saga, like that will be fairly epic, right? Like I feel like that will show our strength, and we will hear the lamentations of their women, um, <laughs> and it will be great. But I don't know, man. <laughs> um, hi, how are Actually, you? Actually, so speaking, of, okay, I don't know why this movie. Well, no, I do know why because it's like eighties and and stuff. Um, so before you ask uh, all your inane questions, uh, I uh, <laughs> I was in the Netflix and um, I had just turned it on. You know how like it'll be like, oh, you know, like they'll put like something like right up front and center, like based on what they think you might want to watch or to like promote their own shows. I think I know what you're going to say. And uh, at this particular juncture, what came up there uh, was He-Man Masters of the Universe. And I this was is like, a big fucking deal on Facebook. People are freaking the fuck out about this being on. Why? Because they're like, like it's he man. The master of the universe is finally on Netflix. Like the reaction is like, you would think like they had just released like the Godfather or star Wars or something the way that like, I understand people like he man, but like people are, are really excited about this movie. Have you watched it? Cause so I, here's the thing. Like I own it like this. You're, <laughs> You know, I own this movie and I've owned it for like a really long time now, probably on DVD. Uh, and I've never seen it. Like I didn't, I don't think I, I saw it when I was a kid and I hadn't seen it now. So like when it, when it popped up, I was like, yes, all my yes. I'm fucking watching this shit right the fuck now. And I did. And the fucking thing starts up and like you know it's just like showing like credits and i see courtney cox come up and i'm like what she's in this holy shit i didn't even know not that not just her and then wait for it i i saw a name come up that was like three names and i was like why is that familiar huh Did that guy like, shoot reagan no who is that 
it didn't register right because it's been a while and obviously as we know voyager's not my favorite so like i was like why do i know that name huh and that was like about as much uh thought process as i gave to it and then obviously i mean i wasn't super surprised that christopher lee would be playing um skeletor but i was i was jazzed for it so i start watching this film frank langella oh it's frank langella i always get those two mixed up my bad hi mr a that's <laughs> what he's here for to help me uh figure shit out and not sound stupid it's just um, weird that i can hear him well you know it's a fairly good mic and he's really loud uh so i yes, um, your mic is the best it's the best mic what ever. is and, is mr a like watching something on tv while we're doing this uh no what is that <laughs> what am i hearing it's jasper hi listeners what are we hearing I'm in the sorry. background? There's, there's, there's like nothing I can do about it. It's Jasper. Like, Who's Jasper for our <laughs> listeners? My bird. <laughs> and he's just uh, in a mood right now, apparently. Uh, he's usually not. Um, he's not usually uh, that screamy. But when he gets a uh, mind to, uh, there's really no not hearing it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I, I have to tell you, my, I, I just worked out a whole drama in my head while you were talking. Where, wherein I said the joke that I thought of, and then this is how the drama went. And it went like this. I'm going to play both the part of you and the part of me. Ready? Oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so, so, oh, that's Jasper. By the way, I also had chicken tonight. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that sounds about right. What the yeah, fuck just, is wrong with you? <laughs> it's, it's, almost, it's almost up there with I would like to submit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I think it said nearly as much (laughs) as I would like to submit. It's just not okay, dude. Like, the only other, like, I want to say my friend uh, Jay was, uh, we were, like, having a party or whatever, like, just chilling once. And, like, I had Jasper, like, like, standing or whatever, like, on my chest and, like, just being cool and, like, cuddly. Because that's, I mean, he's a, a cockatoo and that's the way cockatoos are. And, like, fucking Jay, like, a voice of doom is, like... He looks like he wants to eat you. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, no, he doesn't. Alexia is like, no, I just really like to play with a cockatoo. Uh, <laughs> oh god, that's just no, you know, worthy. I'll say this: I don't, I don't get birds. I don't. They're, they're fucking devil creatures. I don't, I don't care. That about. was his position, right? Like he feels that way as well. Like he's like that's why he said like it, he just looks like he's like he's he's sizing you up for dinner. <laughs> but our good our good friend Daniel Ross has birds, and he swears swears by them. See, yeah, them. me and Ross understand. Like, because Ross also has a, a cockatoo. Um, his mm-hmm. I don't think his is an umbrella. I have an umbrella. I think his is a. a he even lo- He really but- loves to play with a cockatoo. <laughs> He's really good at it too. We will officially uh, go down as saying Daniel Ross likes to play with the cockatoo. Here are jokes for people who don't. We they don't. They're like, who the fuck is this guy? We really should talk about Star Trek, maybe. Okay, well, so let's get back on to on topic though, because I yes, feel like Masters he is, is not um, entirely off topic. So, um, as I'm watching this film, I'm like. Wow, um, I don't like the art direction. I'm not digging like Tila. Like she looks cool, I guess, but like not as cool as I want her to. Like she doesn't look like I like her costuming should. Like she's like as I recall, she has like all like metal armor, like man at arms. Like the both of them are like fully like metallic and shit. And like I thought that was cool, right? And like they weren't. They did kind of have the helmet thing for man at arms, which was cool. Um. And then, like, I was, like, and, you know, Skeletor's makeup, 
leaves a little something to be desired. I think this is one of those times that I will agree with you and say that like it could benefit from a modern facelift only in that area. Like all the other oh, stuff. No, I think like, I think it can, I I I want to I'll tell you what I think in a minute. Go on, go on. Um, but like, Evelyn looks really good. Like, and the casting is like really good. Like from what like when I was like from right off the bat, I like I felt like Tila like was a good choice for Tila. I felt like Man at Arms was a great choice for Man at Arms. Obviously, I thought Dolph Lundgren like just I mean he looks fucking like he man like he's gigantic, and like all blonde and shit and like it works. And um, evidently a member of Mensa. No joking. This is not wow. that's not being funny. He's evidently like super fucking smart and he's like a biochemist or something too. Holy shit! No way. Yeah. Look him up. That's anyway, crazy on. to me. Go like, on, I'm go just on. trying to imagine. Like, and it's through no fault of his own. Like, he just like, has a certain way that he talks, but he he does. But and it's not just that though. Like, it's that he like people have assumptions that they make based on how people look, and like he's like just this big, imposing, um, Adonis-like looking fella, and like so I can imagine that people just don't expect him to just start spouting really smart stuff. Which is yeah, like no, not he's fair. Like evidently really fucking smart. Anyway, um, go on, go on. Because I, awesome. I, 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 I love that. I want to um, tell, tell you what so my thoughts are So then as I'm but, watching, yeah. I, and then I'm like, okay, well, so I feel like this movie, I'm like, this is clearly like, we don't have the budget to stay on Eternia. So let's send him to Earth for no reason whatsoever. And like, I'm like, this I think is a mistake. But once they, I gotta say, once they get there, and Courtney Cox is just, you know, herself. Like, she's adorable. And, like, and then we meet her boyfriend. She Alexia also car, loves Cox. It's true. And I fucking lose my shit. I'm like, that's why I knew that name. It's oh, fucking Lord Tom Bush, Paris. It's Paris. And I got to tell you, you know I'm not a fan of Paris. Like, I know that they really set him up in that show to be, like, the, you know, the hunk that you're supposed to lust after. So I lusted after Harry Kim. And, like, they just did not. He did not feel that way to me. We're going to talk more about that this episode because I did want to talk about that this episode as well. But go on. And, and in, but in this particular film, like he's got like the leather jacket and his hair is all like curly. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how cute is he? Like, I mean, because like, like he actually doesn't look that different. Like, like he doesn't look that much younger, really, to me anyway, than he did in, in um, like when he started out on Voyager. Like. It wasn't three, like a question. He's three or four years young, younger. That's all. Yeah, like so. It's not a question of him. Like, oh, look how young he was. Wasn't he so hot when he was young or something? It was more that I just, I, I got the appeal after watching this film that I didn't get at any. Like, I didn't get with him on Voyager until, um, until him and Bolana were like married. I think once they were married, I got it a little bit, um, but not. I, I generally didn't get it with him. Like he really, I didn't like how they presented him and he didn't appeal to me at all. Uh, but he totally did in this film. Like, so I, I understood at that point. I was like, see now if they had had Paris be like this, I think I might've, I might've responded better to him. Like they might've gotten the response they wanted from me um, because he was sweet. Uh, he was, you know, a little bit funny. Uh, I, I dug him. You know, and and the movie, I got to say, like, I really when it kind of started, I was very excited. Like, it's my kind of film in a lot of ways. And then like the whole cosmic key and then like going to Earth. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is getting hokey. Um, I was like, but I liked it in like a trashy kind of a way. Right. And then 
like re- like against my own like it wasn't like I almost had decided like well maybe this is how Justin feels anytime he watches like an old movie like because uh, like it was one of the few times I think I've watched something that's like clearly like 80s 80sified right that like I didn't grow up on right because I hadn't seen it so I was really like what are you doing down there babe I, yeah, I'm hearing like are, I. Sorry, what listeners, are you doing but down there? sorry, listeners, but we get to hear whatever the audio is to. Uh, Siri apparently Siri on Mr. A's phone heard me and felt the need to um <laughs> oh, find Siri. what I was saying on the web. Um. Anyway, so I I I was like, I wonder if this is just this must be how Justin feels. Like anytime he watches that stuff, and maybe maybe he's right. Maybe the reason that I don't feel that way is because I have this love for it when I watched because I watched it when I was younger and when I was younger it was so awesome right so that like I don't grasp that it's not awesome now but I gotta tell you by the end of that movie I was crying and I like really enjoyed it so well I think here's the thing here here here, here's the thing I your default is to enjoy things which is weird because you hated Man of Steel so much um I did not I hate uh, it so much. I on the on the night you hated. I was sitting next to you, and on the night you didn't dig it all that much. Anyway, but about uh, here's my problem with Master of the Universe. I think it represents everything that's wrong with '80s genre films. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is why I don't think that they couldn't afford uh, Eternia. I don't. You think they I, were like, we need to bring this to Earth and have yes, like regular humans, yes, so people can yes. relate. It is, it is the reason another Dolph Lundgren film... Dolph Lundgren was the first guy to ever play the character The Punisher. I like that Punisher movie, though. Here, here's the problem with that Punisher movie. They wouldn't put him in the fucking skull shirt. They wouldn't put him in the skirt. We can't put him in the skull shirt. Why would he wear a skull shirt? That doesn't make sense. And, they, and the, the, there's this sense, a disrespect for the material, the, the, a, a sense of, of you know, late 50s, early 60s, you know money cronies in the 80s sitting there going this stuff this this nerd stuff nobody's gonna watch that it's the reason that you had to have the fucking soap opera scenes with vicky vale in 1989's batman i can tell you i really like 1989's batman but the movie screeches to a halt when suddenly it tries to be like i like the fucking big chill or something in the middle of it like suddenly, like he's there in a romance trying to eat dinner at home with Vicki Vale. Like what part of loving Bruce Wayne and his quest for justice for his parents says, I want to watch him pass the salt to fucking Vicki Vale. No. Well, don't we think that that scene was about having like him trying to be normal and like, here's the thing. He shouldn't be fucking trying to be normal. He should be the, out there trying to get justice. That's that's the whole thing. But you don't the think whole... there's any aspect of the guy that like wants to like that that, that desires some level of normalcy. Right, you know what like, you do? You show it? that to me in Batman three. In Batman one, I want to see fucking Batman. And Batman's not in the film all that much. But there's a whole bunch of Bruce and Vicky and are we gonna try and love each other? And why? Because the people making the movie at the time. Uh, and it's not it's not a slam on Tim Burton, who I love, but it's the studio going, we got we got to sell this to the masses. This is what the masses are going to like. And it's a it's a it's a fundamental disrespect for the material from a studio perspective. It's the reason Brian Singer's X-Men all have to wear black leather. Now, at the time.
time when the first one came out, Wolverine makes the joke and says, "What?" or Cyclops makes the joke to Wolverine, what, you want to see us in yellow spandex? And then they make the Avengers and people wear fucking blue spandex and people are like, fuck, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> like, well, like, but I think I, while I think there's some truth to that, there's also you have things that that didn't do well um, that were tr- like more true to the source material and things like, you know, um, when. Oh, fuck. Wow. My brain is blanking like I'm seeing it happening in my head and it's blanking. Uh, Dick Tracy, when everybody's sure. in like these bright colors and like it's it's very true to the source material in that respect. And like it didn't do well. I, yeah, but I don't think that I, I don't think it, like I don't it, think it didn't do well because it was close to the source material. I think it no a nobody cared about the source material anymore. The the idea was that we did Batman, we can do another thing that's from even earlier that people don't know about anymore. Um unless they're big comic book fans. Like like the the I just think and and I never read Dick Tracy. Did, have you ever read a Dick Tracy comic book? I have not. No. That's I knew who Dick thing. Tracy was, though. You know what I mean? Like, Everyone I knew, knew who he was. He had name recognition. And I recognition. knew, like, stylistically what it looked like. Like, I knew enough that I was excited when it came out. But come on. I when really I think of Dick it. Tracy, I immediately think of it as, like, the Madonna movie. Like, that. and again, <laughs> I, again, that's not what, like, eh, you know, and I think Dick Tracy is fine. But my problem with Masters of the Universe, it's the, pro- it's the, it's the idea that they have to change stuff. I don't, um, I, yes, I mean, because I also felt like where where was Battle Cat? Like I really wanted my Battle Cat, and now like, maybe I, maybe they couldn't do Battle Cat. That's one thing I they could at the time they couldn't have done. Well, like, what about Orko? I guess they couldn't really have done him either. It was like they like put it like put in this weird. I don't even so I haven't read a lot of He Man like comic books. Like my experience of He Man. No, but he he was a cartoon before. I think that was he was a cartoon to sell toys. Okay, well, so then that's my experience of He Man is the cartoon and like. I don't remember any weird, elvish, strange, hobbit-like things in the in the cartoon. I just don't remember that. But they could have been there. It's been a while, admittedly. But like, and it's obviously one of the. It's clearly one of the people from um from Legend. I don't know if it was Brown Tom or or one of the other ones, but like, I knew the voice. I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> so I have, I have, I I wonder if eventually, right now, we feel like you know. Visually, we feel like the last two Star Trek movies were amazing, even if we had problems with the plot, especially of Into Darkness. Um, like visually, we can go, yeah, they were, they, you know, they were pretty hot. They're pretty fucking hot. But I wonder if we're going to go back and go, you know, there's there's a certain lack of respect for the source material there. Like there's a certain bit of Star Trek's not cool. We got to make it cool. That, yeah, like, I mean, because I, I thought it was weird how in how, how in Masters Universe, like they they plopped us in like basically at the end of a, of a, a war or an engagement and didn't show it to us. And like, he man is he man all the time. Right. Like he's never, he's never he's Adam. Adam. And yeah. I'm like, and, and so it didn't really make sense when he pulls the sword at the, in the big battle. And he's like, I have the power. And like, don't even get me started on what they did with the sorcerers. Like that really upset me. I was like, she's fucking cool. She's like an Eagle and shit. Like, what did you do? Why did we like put this weird crystal thing on her head and call her the sorceress? I don't understand. Um, I mean, and I guess I guess that's my problem is that is that why does and it's kind of the problem I have with the Transformers movies now, too. It's like like nobody is like I think that as time has gone on, like they're finally starting to move slightly more toward the Transformers we know. But it's like this 
what they've done with the Transformers movies, and they've been super successful. But I think one of the reasons that I've kind of not liked them, despite the fact that like they're they're Bayformers and all the problems I might have with the Michael Bay film, is that it's like like the Transformers that I remember were the stories of a bunch of robots that were kind of like they were a family and they kind of adopted a couple humans into their family. And there were some fucking Decepticons out there, and they wanted to fight, and we need to go fucking fight the the Decepticons, which turned into other cool shit. And now it's like the Decepticons are monsters, and the Autobots are kind of morally dubious, and they're like they're kind of like big yeah, I, giant I do feel gods. Like and I feel like there's a, a general like like now, right? Like I feel like if they did He Man now, like they would make him really gritty and dark and edgy. And or like, they that's... wouldn't. Or they wouldn't. Or they would turn around. Like like one cannot underestimate the 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 power of the success of the Avengers movies. Like the Marvel movies are making more money than anything. Why? Because they're keeping it. I don't want to say light and fluffy, but they're keeping it fun. They're. I mean, they're not keeping it light and fluffy. Like there's so much. Big... They're keeping it fun, though. They're keeping the I energy. I guess so. Up. I think that there's. I definitely feel like there's a like in the movie landscape, like right now, like there's definitely a like big summer blockbuster. Like here's the fight sequence, and it's all about the fighting. And it's like, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I like a fight as much as the next person. I really do. Especially if it's cool looking. But, like, like it's, like, fundamentally what's wrong with the ho- the last Hobbit movie. You know what I mean? It's, like, that was, like, a Well, there a are a few page. things that were fundamentally wrong with I that. I mean, there's a lot of things. But I'm saying, like, it was, like, a fucking footnote. Like, the Hobbit story is a little adventure about a fucking Hobbit. Like, it's not a big summer blockbuster with so lots of So here's the thing. It's CG. interesting you should say that. So I've been, and I will talk about this too, I've been editing the Trek Off movie, and and I was watching some footage where you were talking about the uh, the Battle of the Five Armies. We were like, we can't just have three armies, now we have four armies, now we have five armies. And in the interluding time since we recorded that, I've read The Hobbit uh, to one of my kids. Okay. And there is a chapter called The Battle of the Five Armies, and the Battle of the Five Armies goes like two, three chapters in the book. It's a huge thing. It's a gigantic thing, the Battle of the Five Armies in the books, actually. It's a it's an enormous thing. So I don't remember I don't, it. I remember it's, I remember it lasts, it, now in, in a two hundred and fifty page book, it lasts like forty pages. So it's not the biggest thing in the book, but it is it's still like forty pages of the fucking book. Um here's my problem. If you want to encapsulate my problem with the last Hobbit movie, and then we'll jump back to Masters of the Universe real quick. But the my problem is that somebody posted a, a, a video on YouTube of Legolas jumping on the fucking stones, and they put the Super Mario Brothers music under it. No, I know. But that part actually... <laughs> and, and every time he jumps, they goes, bang! it's out there you should look for it no i I think i would enjoy that and i liked i liked how legolas we've had this discussion that the legos legolas stuff doesn't bother me but i I feel like it's it's definitely a like spectacle right like sure that's that's certainly an element to it yes well it's not even an element i feel like it's the element and I think that that's the problem that I have. And I think that that's the worry that I have for the next Star Trek movie. Because I feel like each subsequent one is just being more and more about the spectacle. Because the, the film landscape is more about spectacle. Right? Like, they're like, people have really beautiful, huge TVs at home. Like, what do we have to do to get them out to the theater? Like, we sure. need every, like and this is, this is the formula they've decided that does it. They're like, this is the formula that gets people to come. The, the spectacle. Well, I think... I, I don't th- think certainly right. there's 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 some there's some truth to that there there is some truth to that I think that the the 
and and specifically i think we can discount the hobbit as being like part of this data set because i think that that the hobbit is peter jackson hearing everything that people liked about lord of the rings and saying we i gotta give him that and I think that that The Hobbit is a very well intentioned film. But everything direct- that was good about Lord of the Rings was that he, like, my understanding, like, as I've tried to read the Lord of the Rings books, and like, I, it was a long time ago, so I've I've considered like trying again, but like, it's kind of it's dense, and there's like a lot of yes. Um, so what he did was he took all the problems that exist with Lord of the Rings books, and and they're they're there. I'm sorry, they exist, um, and he. In my opinion, he course corrected those problems in the best possible way to make an amazing movie saga. Well, yeah, and to make a story, right? Like, so that the part that you're getting is the story part, you know? Yeah, but like, so, so, I'm, like, I'm a fan of world building, don't get me wrong. But like, I, it, if it's too intense, like, and it's not like the way that I, that I think I best handle world building when I'm reading a book is when it's like just kind of there as opposed to like page upon page of just like describing the world and, sure. and like that stuff will get me bogged down where I'll be like, okay, like can something happen now? Like, whereas if it's just kind of thrown in along the way, like shit is happening and like you're expected to just kind of pick up on the world as it goes along, but there's a lot of that stuff in it. Like, cool. Like I feel like George, like George R. R. Martin books, like I feel like it's a very fully realized world that he has but you're experiencing it always through like story. So like, I'm okay with that. But like my understanding is like my feeling, my remembrance of trying to read Lord of the Rings was that it wasn't like that. Right. So like the part that I like is the story. So I think it's that, that I think that's what Lord of the Rings does. It like gives us the story. What, but what I, I feel like what Peter Jackson world in, in a way that's like uh, really easy in movies in a sense. Right. Like that's, that that's a strength that movies have. That they can show you a lot very quickly, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I do. I do. I, I think the thing. I felt are you, like are you an just, Aerosmith fan? Do you like Aerosmith at all? Uh, I do. Yeah. All right. So, so Aerosmith had um, some songs off the album Pump, uh, or off the album Get a Grip back in 1993, and and those songs were uh, crazy and crying and amazing, and oh, those yeah. are the three biggest songs off that album, and they were all these sort of Aerosmithy power ballads. Yep. And and, and and while Aerosmith did really well with uh, "Don't Want to Miss a Thing," um, their subsequent albums um, always had these songs that seemed to want to be those songs, and they mm-hmm. were kind of they were sort of superficially emotional, and they were like they were well produced and stuff. But I didn't get any any oomph from those songs at all and i think it's really worth noting that aerosmith i've seen them in concert they never play those songs in concert they don't and i think the reason is is that they seem to be like aerosmith and maybe not even them but the people like helping to make the albums going hey man this is what the people want give them that yeah and like so, it's not so, genuine so like it's not happening for you as an artist like in your own right, like, cause I feel like if, if, if Peter Jackson could have just, would have just made one movie for the Hobbit, it would have been okay. Right. Like actually, the Hobbit, I think the Hobbit would have really worked as two. I think the Hobbit would have worked as two movies. And I actually like the, the stuff that they make fun of an honest movie trailers about how the Hobbit is slow at the beginning. I like that shit. Actually. Oh yeah. I really no, like I kind of like that shit too. I'm with you. Like that, that isn't the part that bothers me. It's, it's like at some point I, and maybe this is me, right. But I, I get, 
um, and, and you know, maybe this is me showing my age, I guess, but I, at some point when you're just throwing spectacle, 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 spectacle at me, I just like get exhausted with it. I'm like, all right, here's enough. the, here's the problem with spectacle. No, that now that I think that Peter Jackson doesn't get, um, one, uh, the stuff he was showing looked like cutscenes from video games. They didn't. It didn't look real. It oh, looked yeah. like it was made in a computer. And the minute I can kind of go, it doesn't look that real to me. It's not that fun to watch for me. Um, I'm not as the, invested. Yeah, like because I don't feel like they're real people anymore. Like that was the but one, I, like, that was the but, parts. But of it's Marvel not just that. So I, that I, didn't like. I, I saw Ant Man this summer, and oh, when I, I saw Ant Man this summer, um, I. The best thing about that movie was the spectacle because it did, and this is key if you're going to do spectacle, something different. Ah. So the ve- so the very first time that he shrinks down, have you seen Ant Man? I haven't. I do want to see it though because I'm 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 big fan. Right. I'm going not to spoil not specifically Ant Man, but I'm going to spoil a scene that will not be sp- that will not spoil your enjoyment of it. It's like me oh, going to fire. That. Yeah, it's like saying it's like saying shit. the fireworks are awesome. Sorry, it's a movie from June, and we're talking to our audience. All right, so this is all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, he what happens is that is that he shrinks down in a bathtub and goes down the drain, and then he goes through some shit. And I won't say all the shit that he goes through, but he finds himself in different places. And the and what they can do in the spectacle of that film, especially if you're watching it in 3D or on a big screen, what they do is they put you a place that you have never been because he's fucking tiny. Yeah, I and, will agree. Like, I feel like like the first time and, I ever saw like how do I shrunk the kids and stuff like that. Like the and that's one of like I said I've said before in the um, Night at the Museum movies. My favorite jokes, uh, you know, never ever gets old for me when they're like epically running. They're like, Rah! and then like they pan out and it's just like a. Well, and I think I think in terms um, of spectacle, it did something new. Same thing with Mad Max. Mad Max said, okay, we're going to show you spectacle, but what we're going to do is we're going to make it. When we use CG, it's going to be for big, giant, poster-worthy shots, and otherwise, we're going to just we're just going to remove wires, and it's going to feel fucking real, like it's happening, like a real or like a true hour-long car chase. And that's why Mad Max worked in terms of spectacle, and the and and in terms of like other huge movies like Mission Impossible and stuff that just came out, that worked because again, it felt visceral and real, and I was it's just sort of sort of breathtaking spectacle. But if you're I, just I gonna seen that one so i don't know i do i do agree in if you're if your spectacle um is something like giving us insight into a world we've never experienced before yeah if I it's showing you amount, something awesome that you don't know but at this the amount point, of you that can... spectacle i can take is very different but like i think that that a lot of times it's not when i say spectacle I, I don't necessarily, like, maybe that's not even quite right because I feel like what's happened is the shift is, like, spectacle has really, like, come to equate to, like, large CG action sequence. Well, and that's the thing is I, I've like, been okay with large. is actually enough. And large CG action sequences either need to really push the, for- the story forward or put me somewhere doing something I haven't done before. And that's the thing, as I feel like Peter Jackson and we're going to get off Peter Jackson's dick in a middle bit, minute. But like, <laughs> like, 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 I think that Peter Jackson was really impressed when he saw Braveheart, because when we saw Braveheart, we had never seen shit like that before. And I think he saw Braveheart and he was like, holy shit, that's awesome. And he never got past the fact of thinking that that's awesome. Like, and I feel like beyond that, it was just sort of like, let's show crowds of people crashing into one another. And I feel like the, the. That, and let's show people doing amazing super heroic things. And it just sort of 
like it just never quite got it right. And I think that that one of the things that I will give Star Trek Into Darkness in terms of its spectacle, one thing it did, the spectacle that worked for me in that film was was uh, of all the laser shootouts they had that just didn't or phaser shootouts they had that didn't really matter to me. I did think it was cool how the how the Enterprise was caught in Earth's gravity and it was rotating. And because it was rotating, the center of gravity kept changing on the on the ship. And that was that's the one piece of action spectacle that really got me. I was like, fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, like that's like, some like, interesting shit that I've never had. I've never seen someone have to cope with before. And that's and that's what a movie can. That's what a movie can do. That's what movie spectacle can do is go fuck. I that's that's and that's actually the third Transformers movie did it too a little bit that I really liked. That there were there was a battle going on inside of a building and Shia LaBeouf and all the people are running around inside of the building and the Transformers like smash into the side of a. It's a big office building like a like a skyscraper and the building starts toppling slowly sideways and so they're running through the halls of the building as the building's starting to turn and they're they're kind of running up on like on the outside of the building what what is what was up and down is now left and right you know it's like like yeah i think i would have enjoyed that scene better if she hadn't been in spike heels but like i couldn't get past yeah but that was still that was still sort of novel and like like as long as these spectacles still sort of not like jurassic world was a ton of spectacle but fucking it's dinosaurs fighting awesome let's do that like that's fine I'm down with that but there's a reason why Jurassic World did incredibly and Jurassic Park 3 didn't do all that well now Jurassic World is a better film than Jurassic Park 3 but the reason Jurassic Park 3 didn't do all that well is because we had seen that and then they stopped showing us dinosaurs for a while we took a break from dinosaurs they're like here look some fucking dinosaurs and now it makes a ton of money right like you know yeah I mean I I, because here's the thing I really feel like this is like a lot of times, like I was, I was at this website. It was like a, a like, is it um, bullshit.com or lose the bullshit.com oh, awesome. or something. And like, it's just talking about how like we as a culture, right. Have like, there's all this, like when you're on the internet, there's all of this bullshit on any given page that you're on. That's like, not even like content. Like it's all of this stuff at one moment vying for your attention because like and, and like YouTube videos and and everything being bite-sized and vine and all of these things like I feel like it is slowly like like people who are getting older now like they grew up with that and like their attention span is like that of a fucking gnat and it's like unless you're doing the coolest thing I've ever seen in this 2 minute window I, you're going to lose me so like that being the, said the, or so the, so everybody it, is like how do I continue to make this the most interesting 2 minutes you've ever seen and like that's like a ludicrous thing, like it's ridiculous. Well, and and that so we I just released a video that where that releases that where that exists in microcosm for Trek off of all things. I released some of uh in the last week I released a, uh, like a two minute video of Daniel of Daniel Ross getting his back waxed. Um, <laughs> is- uh, now it's interesting that 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 video has already nearly gotten half the amount of views of our trailer, which has been out for a year. And I put that out this week. Why? Because people are scrolling to, through Facebook and they go, that guy's getting his fucking back waxed. Mm-hmm. And I just think I, I just think that. And yet I know that I would click on that. I'd go, fucking he's getting his back. Waxed. I got to see this because who doesn't <laughs> want to see that? You know what I mean? Like it's I'm, I'm all at once critical of the fact that that's the case. And at the same time, like if I'm scrolling through and I see that, I'm like, fuck, I got to see that. What is that all about? It's like all the, it's it's. Yeah, I mean. It's just like all the clickbait. Like, it's amazing to me, like, that we're like, how can we possibly enjoy anything 
Like, I, I mean, that's why I like, I hate being on the internet because I, I, as a person, right. I am like easily intrigued, right? Like it, I don't actually require everything to be crazy and amazing and wow for like, you know, every second of, of every day or whatever, because like, I find lots of things crazy and amazing and wow that most people probably don't. But like, so like for me, it's like, I just feel like overloaded. Like where I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I want to click on this and this and this and this. And then like the next thing I know, it's like six hours later. And like, and I feel like kind of dirty afterward, like, because a lot of the stuff that I like clicked on is like, porn. Didn't, wasn't even what it said it was. And like, and I'm like, why, why is it like this out there? I hate this. And yet what's interesting is in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, I truly feel, and especially for being a geek, we're in the golden age of not of just television, but of not just television, but geek television. Like, like, like we are, and all television, like fucking Empire, I've heard is a great show. And House of Cards is nothing geeky about it, but it is also an astounding show that is better than, that, that's like a novel. So we've gotten the te- the television novel as a season um, is a thing now. And yes, I think and that, that's something that I like. But see, that's the inverse, right? Like that's that like is, long form, long form storytelling. Yeah, that's going. All, we don't have all, to. Like, I feel like thing, that TV's more for us, right? Like, but it's but it's but it's really fucking successful. It's it's mainstream now. It's mainstream. It's on major channels. It's like CBS is doing a Supergirl series. Like I can't believe it. Like that's that's amazing. It's amazing yeah. to me. I mean, I hope that it will be good. Me too. I mean, I and don't, actually, of I, all I, the things I like about it, it so it looks like Supergirl meets the devil's the devil wears Prada, where she is, uh, she's just a. But here's the thing, I, I, and uh, normally I, I normally I reject that out of hand, but I love that, I love that as a concept because that is the quintess. And I don't know much about Supergirl as a character, but I know Superman, and that is the quintessential Clark Kent. What do you do if you're a young girl in the city trying to make it, doing all the stereotypical young girl in the city trying to make it things? And oh, by the way, you're the you're you've got the power of a god, and you can't show anyone, and you don't have that sort of weight on you that Superman has, where I've got to like, like, you know, I've always like Superman's a, a very grave character sometimes, right? He's very like like you know, somber. There's a there's a, a, a somber nature to him. And what if you are just a girl in the city? She's not Superwoman. She's Supergirl. What if you're a, a a young woman in the city and you're and you're and you're trying to make it, but in the midst of all of that, you can't show anybody the real strength that you have. And it's not about finding strength. It's about you already fucking have it. But that's your secret identity. There's something about that that I think is new in the superhero genre that I really would love to see. There's a Spider-Man ishness to it, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I ultimately if, it'll come if, down to the if, writing of the acting. It'll come down to the writing of the acting. I am a huge, powerful superhero, and I have to be. I have to play a game when I in my you know secret identity, so that I am the least likely suspect for being said superhero. Then I can kind of understand it. Then if it, if it's more like the way that Bruce Wayne, right? Like he's not. Bruce but Wayne. that's not her. But that's not right. That's not what's like. Her. Supergirl is not Wonder Woman, though. That's not who she is. Like that. Like she is. She. I. I've always. I guess, saw but her I really. It's I mean, more of a Peter Parker character. I've already hate seen her more. All like, of the brand shit. 
all of the fucking like sh- like brainwashing we do to young women, I fucking hate it. And if she was using if she's using that in the show like to 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 go unnoticed like and and being like the fucking valley girl or fucking sorority sister or whatever other fucking stupid archetype like well i think to, i think she's i think she's more like the anna hathaway like archetype in devil wars prada the 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 capable but underappreciated you know michelle pfeiffer as catwoman before she went crazy you know the 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 smart but unappreciated you know woman character who's working for the mean bitchy boss played by Callista Flockhart, which is interesting. And think about it. Callista Flockhart goes home from working with Supergirl and she gets in bed with, with Han Solo. It's weird. What? It's weird. She's married to Callista Flockhart's married to Harrison Ford. Since when? Since like 15 years. <laughs> really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Why didn't I know that? Oh yeah. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that funky? I think that's because they never really dug Callista Flockhart. Like, yeah, but it's just weird to think she comes home to like to Hansel. Yeah, to Hansel. I get you. That is weird. Like that That's is like, weird in my in my brain place. I gotta, I gotta say, it's fucking. Weird. Right, the, the mean part of me, and I don't think of this at all. But like, it's like just like the chicken joke. Part of me goes, maybe that's why he's crashing planes. But <laughs> I don't mean that. It's just yeah. the joke that pops in my head. On a different night, I just say it. But I'm just too nice tonight. Um, you know, we have what we so let's bring it around to Star Trek, because as we get to the near the end of the episode, we've gone the entire episode and not talked about Star Trek. It's not Um, entirely true, but go on. um, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things, first of all, to bring us back to the blockbuster status and about and about Star Trek and and the and Star Trek beyond and kind of what we're hoping for. Um, I'm okay with there being spectacle as long as it is as long as it means something. It's not for the sake of spectacle. Agreed. yeah, like I, I don't. Like it's in not the like darkness. I got hate on for spectacle. I just I feel like that's not really what Star Trek is about. Like, there's an element of that to be sure. Like, the way I want to see spectacle in my Star Trek is like experiencing this world or this culture that they've never seen before. Like that is like that actually is a spectacle that that speaks to my place of joy. Like the 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 exploration, like of this. Wow, this this is crazy. Like this place that they're at. I do think that we have to, works. but we do have to accept that this is not going to. This Star Trek is no longer for us. That this Star Trek is no longer what for us necessarily. Yeah, um, I guess we do. I don't appreciate it, but sure. <laughs> but I mean, but it's but it's just the truth, man. We 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 outgrew it, and if they make it for us, then it's gonna it's gonna just die out. And I I I'm well I'm willing what? to appreciate. I disagree with that statement. I listen to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm I would like to, to submit you are fucking wrong, wrong, can you, wrongity, can wrong, you, wrong, wrong. Can you submit what the fuck is wrong with me? Yes, because that would I would like my to mind. submit what the fuck is wrong with you. Like, and my head explodes that? like the end of scanners. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, like, why would you even say that? Like here's I, the thing. I, I want. Here's the thing, though, that 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 when Next Gen came out, there was there's a contingent of original series fans who were like, "Fucking Next Gen, it fucking sucks, Kirk forever," you know. And I think that we are now, whether you feel that way about the original Kirk or you feel that way about Next Gen, we are now that generation. We are now the generation that we had our Star Trek and they've changed it for the kids. And and the thing is, is Next Gen turned around. And then created like some of the most thoughtful Trek that ever existed. Um, and I and I've yet to see that from the new Star Trek. And I don't think we ever will. I don't think there's been a terribly thoughtful Star Trek movie. 
I think there have been thoughtful moments within Star Trek movies, but I think the movies have always tried to be, you know, fucking I wish that nobody ever read Moby Dick because as soon as, as Wrath of Khan made it, they're like, let's make every movie like that. You know, <laughs> uh, you know another guy is mad at the captain and wants to destroy everything because he's so mad at the captain. Uh, it's like, like, okay, we get it. Um, <laughs> we get it. It's been done. Yeah, I, I don't. I would, lo- I would love if the next one, if they were just like knew it was the last one, like Star Trek was failing and they had just enough money to make it, and they just got really snarky about it. So Kirk like walks up, some guy goes and he goes, "I've been wrong." He goes, "Yeah, you hate me, right? You want to destroy all humanity because you're mad at me, right? So let's do this, and we'll have a little fight." Like it's just like really, really super, almost Clerk's level of of snarky. Right, where he's just like, "Get mine, dude." Yeah, like, like, and then, and then he, and then he, and then, and then we get really esoteric, almost like Family Guy esoteric, where he looks over and there's an actual physical line, and there's like, there's like Khan and the other Khan and the Borg Queen, and <laughs> just a physical line. Look, every movie since every movie since Star Trek Two has had one, sing- with the exception of Star Trek Four, has had one singular villain that everything centers around. So there you go. Um, well, because I mean, it's this this idea that like as uh, like that's why I get upset when you say things like like th- like we're those people and this track is now for the kids. Like because I feel like that gives kids no credit. Like I'm like I I. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm horribly naive, uh, but I kind of refuse to accept that kids are that incapable of like wrapping their brain around a story that isn't that fucking simplistic. So like, let me, so, so let me come straight out and say this. I find that super insulting to us as like a race. And maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe people really are super, super So let me, stupid, let me tie this all together. I don't want to believe that. <laughs> This is. I'm going to make this seem like this was on purpose, and I'm going to tie together everything we've said in this entire long podcast that was not about Star Trek to say this about Star Trek. Ready? Oh, this we should are, be interesting. I'm ready. Television versus movies. And when you watch a movie, the spectacle that they expect in a movie is necessary because the point of movies in the theater now is to get people out of their giant, wonderful movie-going experiences they can have at home. I watched Snowpiercer the other day. It's an amazing, low-budget, um, but sort of filled with some spectacle, uh, class warfare, post-apocalyptic uh, action cool it's a, it's a great little film a dark 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 film that would never make it in the theaters because it just it's not high budget enough not enough spectacle and it's 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 a little film i can see at home and there's plenty of those that you can see at home and then you have the golden age of television happening it's like there are times even when movies from the from the theater are finally available to watch we don't watch it because there's a fucking new gotham or flash on right so so like that the, the fact is to draw us into the theater, something has to be really cool. By the way, side note, I saw The Visit, the new M. Night Shyamalan film, which was made for like $5 million. It's actually pretty good. It's worth watching. Read the reviews, see if they agree with me. Anyway, really? my point being... Interesting, because um, I, I know he hasn't always had some luck ever since. I, I would know. say it's... A, I would say... Six um, I would say it's Six Sense, Unbreakable, and The Visit in terms of his top three, and then and really? then probably Signs. Yeah, it's it's better than Interesting Signs. Interesting then. Okay, yeah, good. It's, it's that, pretty good. That gives me hope because I liked Unbreakable. I really did. Yeah, you know? the, it's a, it's it's scary. It, it's scary. It has a twist. It's everything you want from Nemanja Shy- Shyamalan fa- film. It succeeds. Anyway, point being, um, that that and I actually think horror is one of the only places where you still get spectacle with a low budget. But moving on, um, the the thing is is that with spectacle being expected, especially if you're going to have science fiction 
on the big screen and it costs so much to do there. You're never going to get the Star Trek we want in a movie. The movies existed to do something really, really cool when we were in the next gen era, which was to give us Star Trek as spectacle and as pure spectacle. There's nothing introspective or or the Star Trek we love in Star Trek First Contact. It's spectacle. It's just like boom, big boom, spectacle. Why was that OK then? Because there were two Star Trek series on TV at the time. So yeah, and, I, it, and I feel like it was more it, it, it was more a culmination of of shit on the show like and that doesn't bot like a good example um I, I just watched what i think is probably the series finale of defiance um because it like i could like it really seemed like like that level of story right like like the le- like the level of storytelling that they do and like the budget that they probably threw at this one episode and it has this feeling about it that's like i would expect to see if i went and saw a defiance movie Right. Where yeah. it's like it, it's it has all of the characters that I've come to grow and love that I follow the stories of. I know who they are. They matter. Um, I care a lot about them. And like the story that we're telling right now is so big that it's bigger than than just this episode. Right. Like it's it's a culmination of. But a when lot I talk about elements. spectacle, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the kind of spectacle that we were talking about. That's just like this big CG, big boom spectacle. That we, I mean, that there's we, some of that, but so, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's some so, of that in First Contact. I'm not de- I'm not debating that. And there's but the cool like, thing about First Contact and just that it's a culmination of of a whole lot of stuff where we're having a big epic showdown with a. Uh, an enemy that has been very scary throughout, right? But like, it's so only it's, ever been scary in the small screen sense. Understood, but that's what I'm now saying. Like, that's, and that's what it's giving you. That's the thing. The cool, the, I would say that Kirk and Picard together in Star Trek Generations was one of the two coolest things about that film. The other cool thing was seeing the Enterprise D on the big screen doing big screen shit was awesome. I was kind of sad it crashed because I liked seeing that. I like seeing it big. The problem is, is that was cool in the context of watching all the small stuff. And I think that the problem is with Star Trek as movies right now, what you're going to get is the same thing. It needs to be spectacle because it needs to draw people in. And the way to get Star Trek that we want, as we've said, that we're in the golden age of television, put it on fucking TV, guys. Yeah. Like, I really feel like it would be a very different I, I hope, I hope, I would hope it would be like, I feel like you're right. Like you could then do like, cause then I could see like, it's the way I feel about like, like Firefly, right? Like the Firefly movie. Like I actually saw Serenity before I watched the series. Like, so I wasn't lost. It wasn't like, I don't know what's going on. Right. But when I watch it again, after having seen the series, right. It feels like a culmination of all of this shit that was going down in the world that I was enjoying watching. And like, I'm sure. like, that is where is what I think a Star Trek movie should be. Like, I like it in that place. I like it in a place of we're watching all of this stuff unfold over a season or seasons. And we're slowly getting to learn about, you know, and then and then this one enemy that we've really dealt with a lot over the course of this is going to culminate into a big showdown with them. I'm like, that's cool. I'm OK with that as a movie. Like that, that I'm on board that I'm like, oh, the shit's about to get real. You know what I mean? Well, and like, the, and, really and I guess, a- and, and even if it's not a culmination, because for a while you had next gen, 
TV while you had original series movies, right? And the original yeah, but those movies... were also like a continuation of their story. Like we knew those characters. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I do. Like and it and it's and it's a continuation and a culmination of stuff in that world. Like Star Trek Six is fuck. That's what it is. Like we're talking sure. about like that we've the whole you know that whole series that well, and star era. trek 6 is perfect because star trek 6 is not just a sequel it's a prequel it's a prequel to the next generation the whole idea of star trek 6 is hey look at the fucking klingons like you know them in next gen how did they go from the kirk klingons right the kirk to the klingons, klingons you know exactly that's what, what I mean. happened like, it was awesome like it but it, that's what i'm saying that was a culmination that was a culmination of like here's here are these klingons that we that you understand to be like bad guys and like now, look at them. Like this is this is a critical point in the, in time when a shift happens, and they're going for peace. And like so what will, that I looks like, it, how do we do it? You I know, because there's so much hate further. on both sides. If I could go back in time, I'll take it a step further because I don't even need it to be a culmination. So I'll take it even a, a step further. If I had the smaller, introspective, really well done television Star Trek, and completely separate from that. I had um, the big screen, almost unrelated adventures of Captain Kirk, you know, with the big explosions and stuff like I can enjoy. <coughs> I can enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and also enjoy Avengers. I can enjoy like Daredevil sure. has its place. Daredevil has its place right next to Avengers Age of Ultron. And, and there's room for both of them. And while they're not directly related, what I get is I, I get my small move, my small superheroes and my big superheroes. And if I can have them both, I'm happier with my big superheroes. And I think that if I had some small, like if I could go back in time and put Star Trek on the small screen back when Into Darkness came out and then Into Darkness came out and it's just like, boom, watch this shit blow up because it's awesome, but it's still in the Star Trek world. And if you want the smaller Star Trek, it's going to be on next week. I would have been fine with like, this is fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, but I think that's, yeah, because I think it's the same kind of thing though, right? Because you're like, it, there's a linkage in your brain at that point that you've got this world that I'm watching every week or that I'm binge watching on Netflix or what have you. And it's parceling out and it's, and it's really filling that world out and it's making it multidimensional and interesting and intriguing and has all of these little nuances that I fucking love. But then, and then when you watch the spectacle on the big screen, even if it isn't necessarily a direct link to something that was happening there, like I was saying before, like you're still like, I'm like, but I'm in this world. Like, and like, and sometimes in the big spectacle, like you'll see that person that you love from the show or whatever. And you're like, oh, look who showed up. How cool is that? You know what I mean? Like there's a linkage there. It's that, it's that same world. It's like, I love that world. So like I'm totally down with going to see some big, huge, spectacle, explosion-y, war-type thing that takes place in this world that I'm already committed to. I'm, I'm much more interested in it. It doesn't seem as random. Like, okay, here's the next big, everything blows up and is big fight and there's a lot of CG. Okay. And I want to be clear. I feel like I feel like people shit on on uh, on Into Darkness a little bit unfairly. I think there's actually a lot of really great stuff Into Darkness in Into Darkness. I just think that it's it's suffers from the same Peter Jackson thing of this is I I think the minute you get a writer and director who starts and, and this 
it's the one thing that scares me about Star Wars. It's the one thing I'm crossing my fingers doesn't happen. But the the minute that you start having a writer and director who their goal is to is to show the audience what they think the audience wants to see. I think that's Yeah, a I really think that's dangerous ground. Because what you end up doing is you get into darkness where all the pieces should actually do actually work. The performances but not when are great. You put them together. The performances are great. The action is great. The characterization is great. The emotion that is there is kind of great, you know. But the fact is, is that is that, and I know you cried when Kirk died in 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 Star Trek Into Darkness. But the audience wants to see Kirk die because that's what happened. But they don't want to see Kirk die, so he has to come back because that gives them the audience two things that they want. And what ends up happening? Kirk dies, but there's no there's no consequence to it. I'm not even and doing so, this with you. You and your fucking consequences. It's not just about it's, but there's no consequence to Did anything. Did I tell you when I was at Renfest, I saw this girl had a shirt on. <laughs> Mr. A pointed it out to me, and it was kind of amazing because it was like, what did it say? It was like, it was like, don't talk to me. I'm a geek, and they just killed my favorite character or whatever. Like, like it's the curse of geekdom, you know? Like that. That's what, especially if you're a fan of Joss. I guess. Like, what, I guess what my point I just, is. My I, point... I think that's just as bad, though. Like it's. Just, I, it's I think. It's just I think as my much point giving is giving us quote unquote what we want to see because we expect it. But whatever. well, and I think my point is this: kill Kirk or don't kill Kirk, but don't kill him. And then three minutes later, he's back, and it didn't mean anything. Why not? Think, Why does it mean it doesn't mean anything? Because here's here's the thing: is that is that it it on rewatching especially it takes away the stakes. It takes away not. the stakes. It I would have been happier. Uh, let, let me let me rephrase. I think it would have been much more engaging for Kirk to have been critically wounded, and then us be unsure if he was going to be okay. But the problem is, is he's dead. Khan! Oh no, Kirk is dead. Literally, fight, 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 fight. Literally five minutes later, with no explanation, he's back. It's fine. Not no explanation. <laughs> fine. Magic super blood. Um, Listen, the, I'll take the, that as an explanation, okay? I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, you know what's funny? Like, actually reminds me of a, of a thing that happened on Defiance. So it was like, it's not really a spoiler, I guess. Um uh, but it kind of is like a, a character that you you think is is pretty much gone or whatever. <laughs> like somebody actually fucking says it. It's like you're here. I don't even care why. Like I don't even care how or why. Well, and that's like, and that's and, and like, I guess that's, that's so fine. Mean. But they here's the thing. Kirk's death is what they use to justify uh, uh, con, Spock yelling con. Why did they have Spock yelling con? Because we want to see that. And we want to see, it can't be Spock who dies in the radiation thing. It's got to be Kirk who dies. And the scene where he dies, wonderfully done. Wonderfully done. And the, and the motion is good, but the emotion is, it's undercut by the lack of stakes. And it's undercut, like, it's, it's undercut by constantly force-feeding us a buffet of what we like. Or what we think we like. It's, it's, I don't it's, know. I mean, I do th I think that, that, I think it's, I think it can be shaky ground to, uh, to give the people what you think they want. Because um, part of why you're the one making the story is because I don't always know what I want or I think I know what I want. Um, but if, even if like, so it's like so sometimes when you think you know you want, what you want and then like you get exactly that and you're like, oh, maybe I didn't really want that. Well, here, um, yeah, if like that doesn't happen very often to me, but I know that that's like a phenomenon like in general. Uh, and I just, I feel like from I, th I think in most cases when whoever is telling the story like has a story they have to tell that they just need to get out 
um, that they feel like, you know, is, is, is a passionate story in their, in their brain, I think I'm far more likely to really be into it, you know, rather than like you trying to piece together what you think I want, because there's also like, you know, what are you basing what you think I want on? Are you basing well, here's it on where, here's everybody? Gonna... Are you basing it on ticket sales? Are you basing it and a lot and a lot of these things that you're basing it on, I think, are actually from a vocal minority, be it on a you know a group on on the online, be it a particular age group that tends to go to. Well, the I think I think the problem often, is, is I think whatever. the problem gets even further where you where where you kind of know what people liked, and so you just want to give them more of it. And I think like, like if I look at Into Darkness, I'll be I'll be out there saying I think Star Trek 09 is a is it is like steadily as years go on climbing as one of my favorite Star Trek films. I think Star Trek 09 is despite its plot holes, I think is a great it's a great little movie. Like I really like it. That feels like Kirk to me. That feels like the characters to me. It feels like like the stuff with old Spock. All of it really, really kind of works for me as time's gone on. The problem with Star Trek Into Darkness, I think, ends up being for me that they were like, "Oh, you like old Spock? Here's some old Spock. Oh, look, you like Kirk? He was he was a womanizer. Here he's womanizing two Catwoman. Hey, you like the Beastie Boys? Here's some more Beastie Boys. Oh, remember you like Wrath of Khan? Here's Yelling Khan. Main character dies at the end. Here they're dying. No, sorry, just kidding." Um, like and i just feel like oh you like explosions here's more explosions here's that like it feels like everything is just sort of like here you like this have some more and i feel like <laughs> and i feel like i feel, i feel like when star trek 09 came out there was no sense of that there was like look at this you haven't seen this look how awesome this is look kirk listening to the beastie boys that is a little boy that's so cool that moment's like holy shit that's awesome i love that because i hadn't seen that yeah, because it's giving me like yeah insight or or something. Yeah, uh, it's, that it's, I don't that's have cool. Already. I, yeah. I I that had not occurred to me. That had not occurred to me. This space battle, that's really cool. The 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 Enterprise versus a big giant fucking ship that it has no chance against. Really cool. Old Spock being there, that's really cool. Him being a, a kind of a you know playing because Shatner was never a womanizer. That wasn't what his character did. His character didn't look around and go, hey, baby, as they're walking by. Yeah, but he always that. thought he was in love. Like, I feel like that is. But I loved that aspect of Chris Pine Kirk. I loved that when I saw it in Star Trek 09. When it was showing up for no reason in, in Into Darkness, it no longer lacked. It was just. I, I feel back. like the difference for me was like it made me chuckle in 09 uh, because I felt like I know how we saw Kirk when he was a captain. Right. Yeah. Like, and he's always falling in love. Um, but I could see young him, right. Like at the Academy, like being, being very much that way, but like, but like on, on well, and that's steroids. also clearly playing to our perception. I'm just saying, but I'm saying the... like on steroids though. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it was, and it was the reputation of Kirk to the TV going audiences. Like when you talk about Kirk, oh Kirk was a womanizer. They like like they, that's that's what he did. That's what you know. Because he's always kissing say. bitches, you know. Yeah, it's a, like, it's a, it's a wink at us to say that that's what was what was. And I was fine with that. I mean, I it is, but like I guess what I'm that. saying is even in but even in like the circumstance of of the world, I could see it making sense. Like I could see when he was younger, him him being much like that, but like every other Tuesday, right? Yeah, Whereas and, and that, like once he's once he's the captain. And they're like on their mission and they're like doing stuff like it really it doesn't 
it, like you just said, like it just doesn't resonate the same way. Like I'm going to call this out. That? I'm going to coin something. It's what I'm going to call the Legolas factor, because <laughs> in 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 the two towers, Legolas like surfs down a shield, down a flight of stairs, pulls out his bow while he's surfing down the stairs, and shoots two orcs, jumps out, and it's it's an amazing moment. It's sure. arguably my favorite moment in in the two towers. It's like it's an incredible, awesome, insanely cool moment. You get to Return of the King. They now they have Legolas jumping around on top of an, of an elephant, and now he's jumping down the. He actually glides off of the trunk of the elephant at the end of that scene. A little silly, but still kind of cool. By the time you get <laughs> to by the time you get to the last Hobbit movie, he's literally he's like, and I watch it. The, the him jumping on the blocks is not even the most because it's on HBO, and so I was watching it the other day, and it's it's not even the most egregious thing. He actually like hangs upside down from an eagle shooting people with his bow as he's he's hanging upside down and jumping around a flying eagle it's ridiculous and why are they do- why are they doing it why are they why are they, why are like they it doing is. That? it's almost to the to to this like i don't know did you did you have you watched any it's not star trek or uh or any really sci-fi related but uh like wet hot american summer and all that stuff like it's almost like like they're they're satirizing all of these like tropes in those movies and in this and in the um the one season that they have on on netflix and and it almost like it, that's what those moments feel like like by the time we're getting to the end of what legolas is doing well you know what like, it is it, I, you I, almost so, expect it's a satire it's that over the top like, so i've got a four-year-old I've got, I've got a four-year-old and my four-year-old sometimes does something funny and he'll do something funny and I'll go, ha, ha, ha. And I'll, I'll genuinely laugh. And, I'll, and he'll go, what? And I'll go, this was funny. And then what he'll do is he'll tell the joke again. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yes. ha, ha, okay, okay. And I'll yep. tell the joke again. I'm yeah. Like, okay. 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 And then I'll tell the joke again. I'm like, okay, no, really. It's good it's now. Not, okay, and I'll tell the joke that, again. That's and funny. that's the thing is, is <laughs> when you're giving people what you know they want, what you are by definition doing is giving, some, giving them something that they've already had. Yes. And that is the problem. Like, like you loved watching Kirk climb in the ranks. Let's demote him and he can do it again. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you liked it, right? Right. You liked it a lot, right? Here we, here we'll show it to you again. And it's either all the same jokes from Star Trek 09 or it's all the same (laughs) jokes from Star Trek Wrath of Khan. And either way, it's like, oh, it really moved you when Spock died. Now Kirk dies in the end. Same way. You like their conversation. Here's their conversation again. Oh, wait. You don't want Kirk to die? He's back. No, it's fine. He's probably womanizing again. It's fine. Bones! We're back on the... Let's go on our trip. It's just like by the end, like I feel like I've been force-fed 3D-old leftovers. And... <laughs> And they're still pretty good. I mean, right, they're fine. Right, but it's not as good as like if they're you fine, made something But I new. didn't, I was kind of in the mood for maybe a slightly different meal. You know? <laughs> like on day three of cooking a big chicken, you make enchiladas with the chicken or something. You don't. You, <laughs> like you don't. You, you don't Cooking keep serving stuffing too. and mashed like potatoes. Like, how many different things can we fit into this episode of Trek Up? Go. <laughs> <laughs> 90 minutes go um, <laughs> it's kind of amazing <laughs> um, but it's true and it's just like I feel like that's it's the Legolas factor um, for, for Star Trek Into Darkness when I, I can think see about, that I can see, I can see where you're going with that actually and it's not and it's my fear is is, it, is that is that they're not 
They're not going to give me something new. We talked about spectacle. Yeah, like, it's like, that's what I, like, I mean, honestly, like, going back to, like, to tie back to Human Masters of the Universe, um, well, really just uh, Paris, like, that's a good example, like, of why, like, of so many of the things in Voyager when it started, right? Where, like, it was, we think you like these things, so we're going to give them to you. And in a slightly different way. Stop playing with your mic. I love you, but you're. I'm not playing with my mic. I hear this a lot. Or you're banging on your desk or something. Sorry. Go on. Oh, I was playing with a different mic. That's not good. That means they're both Uh working. I don't know what to do with that. Anyway, um, so this audio may be totally fucked. Um, But I like that was part of, I think, my issue with uh, with Voyager. Um, like, cause I, and I think one of the strengths, uh, and one of the issues also for being honest with, um, with, with enterprise, but like, I think that was actually one of the strengths of next gen, right? Like they were like, we're, this is a new show. Like it's in that universe, but we're, we're fast we're doing something a long different. time. And, and then, and then we're DS9 gonna give said, you a totally we're doing something different. Yeah. It's a totally different dynamic. This is not then, the same crew that you And then seen Voyager before. said, we're giving you something different. Just kidding. Right. Like, yeah, they really weren't. You know, they, they just did, really, yeah. they were not. Um, and that's why Enterprise, the first two seasons of Enterprise, I can't watch. They're boring as fuck. Because it just feels like recycle, recycle, recycle. And it's why when, and I don't want to slam Rick Berman and Brandon Braga too much. People slag on them. And yes, they were doing substandard work by the time they got to Enterprise. But they were fucking tired. They had, cre- they had done 20 seasons of, of Star Trek by that point. So I, and they'd given us amazing things. People forget that Brandon Braga wrote like I think he wrote Brothers. Like he wrote some amazing shit. He's a he, like like he was just tired. He had yeah, run out of I, ideas I, for and his I crew. Think that they and did, that's like, why did, Enterprise they... seasons three and four, especially season four, when they kind of let go and they let a different guy run the show. Suddenly season four seemed fresh because yeah. someone was like someone was like, you know what I always wanted to see here was this. And it yeah. was different and it was cool. And, and I, like, were they? Did they do DS Nine as well? No, no. Uh, Ron Moore, who eventually did Battlestar Galactica, did DS Nine. Well, because I noticed, like, one of the things I was noticing when I was, like, because I have, like, because I have the new pretty and Era um, Stephen Bear, if I'm to be the the new pretty um, updated uh, next gen. I'm watching next gen, right? And like, I, I got to the episode with the Ferengi, right? When we first see that the one? Ferengi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting to me. Uh, every time I rewatch that episode, how different the Ferengi are. But it's still Armin Shimmerman. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and um, here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. And this is where I think uh, actors influence things. Uh, and maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but this is how it occurs to me. Because when you watch that episode, and Armin Shimmerman is, like, lead Ferengi guy, but there are other Ferengi guys, and the Ferengis as a whole seem to be kind of um, more bestial, um, yeah. I think, and I feel like the the one, so like the other Ferengi dudes are kind of chewing the scenery, but not Armin Shimmerman. He's, he's not quite Quark, obviously, right? But I think that unlike the others, he's a little bit more realistic. Like he isn't like really grunting and growling in the same ways. And he's, and he's like, like you, you put clothes you force them to wear clothes. Like he seems disgusted by it. Um, and here's and the thing. Really- I, and, and, and without, without jumping on, like, again, we were hitting every topic in the fucking world, but let us not forget that Armin Shimmerman is astounding 
and we just accept him as Quark as being Quark, but he's not Quark. This guy is also Principal Snyder from Buffy. This guy, I know, I know, and that's is, what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, but I, I, I think that the way he plays a Ferengi in that episode is the reason why once we see Ferengis on the regular and we have Quark on DS9, they're so different because he took it to a more real place even then. You know yeah. what I mean? Agreed. And so instead agreed, agreed. of Quark showing up or having Ferengis show up on DS9 and have them being these these bestial kind of versions of themselves, like he, I think, you know, highlighted even in that episode, like what the Ferengis were, which was kind of like us in our worst of times, you know, where you're just like Agreed. the prophet is the big Agreed. deal and like women are subservient. And, and like, I think that that he, I honestly do, I feel like he influenced why the Ferengis turned out that way. And like, because and they you, liked his performance uh, and they were like, see how much better that is though. Cause it's a little I, less and you know, you know what I love is by the end of DS nine, they have that episode, little green men where he's, uh, where he's, uh, talking to, um, is it Little Green Men or it's in? No, no, yeah. it's uh, it's no, it's no, it's not that one. It's the it's the uh, the one where they're it's on the, on on Earth and whatever. And no, 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 no. It's it's the it's the uh, it's the season closer of season two where he goes camping with Captain Cisco where they first meet the Dominion, and and he turns around and of all the people to say that to to the to the you know to the um to the black captain to go we never had slavery. We never had genocide. We're not. We're, we 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 don't remind you of what you used to be. We're better. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is is the ultimate expression of that of that allegory for humanity. Um. And and you know and I love you know posing that to Cisco who who in his own right becomes a civil rights leader. Um. In the past, I think is 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 an astounding like comment like the it's because i think that's the end of the commentary of that's what the frangie were supposed to be i think that's the i think that's the end of that for the most part then the frangie are just kind of the frangie like the klingons are just the by the end the klingons are not an allegory for anything they're just the fucking klingons um and i think that is sort of the ultimate you know when you write a thesis paper your closing paragraph where you kind of wrap it all together (laughs) i feel like that paragraph is like here's us but we are not to remind you of what you used to be because what you were was way worse than us. And think about that motherfucker. And they yeah. punched him in the face. <laughs> that didn't happen. Boy, this is a long episode. We got to wrap it up because it's late. Oh, it's but there's still, the th- there's still the news to talk about. We're not going to talk news? about that. Um, what Mitch put I, on the, on the, on the interwebs or I, what did Mitch put on the interwebs? The story, Mitch Marvel. About, the story about Cass. Oh yes, yes, we can hit this real fast. Yeah, um, I feel yeah. like we have to. First of all, Mitch did not put this on the interwebs. It was there. He just told us about it. Well, you know Mitch what? Should I mean. not make it up. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I just... know that. Yes, for once, for once, this episode is not brought to you by Michael Sandoval. It's brought um, to you, but in, but in spirit, it always is. This is brought to you by Mitch Marvel. Um. Uh, so yeah, Jennifer Leanne, who played Kess, um, was arrested. For I mean I just just vamp for a second I I just have to read you the article because like, I can't even do it justice yeah I, I really mean bad. I basically can we talk about Kess real quick because people people hate Kess I liked Kess of course you I did. thought that she was a I petite thought, little girl you loved her 
I thought that she did a really interesting job. I think that her performance was interesting. I felt that her growth as a character was interesting. I thought that she, yes, was physically attractive. I thought that she. I was, liked her and uh, thought she was sweet, and I liked it when her and 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 um, what's his name, uh, were Felix. were a thing, and I didn't like how they weren't a thing, and that upset me, um, because I thought they were cute and I liked them together, uh, but, and I thought Theo Campbell were kind of interesting. Um, I didn't, um, I didn't really have too much, like, I felt like most of the time she was just like, I don't know, like too sanctimonious maybe to yeah, be so interesting. I, I, I just, you know, I, I just, I just, I'm just going to read this. This is from the Inquisitor. I chose it because it's probably the most like inflammatory website I could find because it's inquisitor with no e so it's inquisitor um <laughs> but here we go uh Jennifer Leanne best known as Cass the Ocampa from Star Trek Voyager was arrested on two counts of indecent exposure following an altercation with a neighbor near Harriman Tennessee over uh, home over the behavior of the neighbor's children reports indicate that she was arrested in connection with an incident that transpired on August 31st according to WATE Jennifer Leanne's uh, came to neighbor Carrie Smith's home to complain about how the two children were being raised and began using vulgar language. TMZ says that Jennifer Leanne was upset because one of the children was crying after receiving a cut on the foot. There was not even a shadow of her gentle Star Trek alter ego in Jennifer Leanne's encounter with Smith or children. While Jennifer Leanne was charged with two counts of indecent exposure, reports seem uncertain as to how many children may have been in the immediate vicinity. She said, quote, she started saying vulgar things. I mean, really vulgar things. I told her to mind her own business and keep on walking, said Smith. All of a sudden, she come here. She, she Here come the shirt up, and she starts flashing, and woohoo. And I said, What's, what respect is that for kids? And there was none. And then she turned around and dropped her pants, said Smith. Now. Pause right Jennifer there. Le because Jennifer, Le Jennifer Leanne is denied in her reports that she exposed I think you herself. have to pause right there because I need you to understand when I was being read this. I don't know if he was if he read from this, but it was Mr. A who uh, read me the article like out of nowhere because uh, I guess he saw it on on the Facebook because, uh, you know, I'm like never there because I suck. Yeah. But I was like, um, I'm listening. And I was like, right at that moment, like the thought that occurred in my head, I was like, it's just like bullshit. Like this lady's lying. Like that's like that's what happened in my brain. I was like, that doesn't make any sense, and I don't know why this woman is hating on her, and like immediately like thought that this woman was just like full of shit and lying because she had something bad to say about how she was raising her children. But go on. Um. So yeah. I mean. I so so evidently the police then came to her house where she was naked in her house and she threatened to have the, the she she threatened to have the officer shot and killed. And they, they dressed her and brought her into the station. This, I have to be honest, this breaks my heart. Absolutely. I, um, I could not agree. Like, it wasn't until he read the part with the cops that I, I don't, like, it started to be like, it, it, it must be real, right? Like, yeah, not this many people involved. Like, why would they lie? You know, like, that, one, one person, like, I could, I, that would be my position like oh because you know she used you know she was a famous character on a you know tv show like you're just saying some inflammatory shit and like causing trouble right but like once you know by the end and it's like okay well now we've got cops and we've got like okay so it's not a lie um yeah. and now i'm really so, really sad yeah so and again this is all alleged we don't know that this is true we've just read this so you know we don't I, know she she deserves her day in court she does and she will get it um, um, but I will say, but I will say this, I, I will say this that 
that I, of course, had that first sort of base response was like, ha, look what's happening. You know, whenever celebrities do something funky, you know, I have that sort of immediate gut reaction. Ha ha, crash and burn, baby. Um, and really? that went away really. I guess I don't have I, that. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's, it's the reason Jerry Springer ever existed. You know, it's like, it's, it. Oh, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to like say like that's human. That's a bit, that's generally yeah. a human response. I'm one of the, I like, we've talked about this before, like, like watching like America's Funniest Home Videos. Like, I can't do it. Like yeah, I don't well, he, laugh when people fall down the stairs, like for whatever but, reason. But I, like, but I, I will say this: bad. that that faded for me really fast. Yeah. Because this is this is this is someone who's clearly got something wrong. Yeah. Yep. Um, and like that's and definitely. I think about, you know, when she was playing Kess, I think she was like eighteen, eighteen or nineteen. She was a teenager. Oh wow! Really? But, um, it's just, it makes me sad because yeah. I really liked Kess, and what I liked was was Kess's sort of quiet wisdom. I always enjoyed. Um, and that's what you would call sanctimonious. There was a bit of that, but it was there also was a bit of that. But there were, I, I agree that there were moments like what you just said. And those are the times when I liked her, you know, I can't, I can't equate that. But again, she was an actress in a show that she was kicked off of in 1997 and hasn't done anything since stuff. Happened. Right. And I don't, and like, it made me want, like, and it started to make me wonder, like, is this something that she's always struggled with? Is it how she was kicked off? And if the you, show or why? And, and, and if you, and if you go through, it turns out that they're there, this is not her first, you know, not her first rodeo, unfortunately. Um, so listen, man, I am team Kess, but I cannot be team Jennifer Leanne. If she is found guilty of exposing herself to children. I disagree. That's not cool. I can still be team her because I, I my my position is I, I I would like her to get help. Then I would like, like her to get help certainly, but you know I I get I get a little oogie when kids get involved. You know what I mean? I mean I hear you, but like I feel like there was a quote later on about like the woman saying something like you know I worry about my kid because she you know does things that I do and like now she's gonna copy this you know random crazy chick and I'm like. Are you fucking serious? Like, I don't have kids. Yeah. So maybe I have no no place to speak. But I feel like, really, if you're that worried, like, maybe you aren't a very good parent. If you're so concerned about a random act by one woman once, that it's going to destroy your entire child and make them just Yeah, like there's, there's... Do you know what I mean? That. Like, yeah, that's yeah, no, I, really I overblown, I, I feel. I'm not well, saying yeah. that she should... It's just okay for her to do that. I, I I'm on board with, like, her receiving some level of punishment for it but it doesn't even occur to me as like punishment is the answer like to me it occurs to me that like clearly help is an order like so i not- so i'm i'm going to i'm going to speak on behalf of trekoff <laughs> the official trekoff stance is do not expose yourself to children <laughs> I, I like how you say that, that like you're gonna like because maybe i'll disagree i don't think you should expose yourself to children either i agree with the trekoff <sighs> I, I, I would say i would say <laughs> see if you must expose yourself have it be to another adult and make sure that another adult is consenting. Um, I agree on every like, count. <laughs> um, yes. um, feel free to find venues in which to expose yourself. That are appropriate. Those, and those venues okay. exist. Those venues exist. Yes. And by um, all means, go to them. By and means, have go to those venues. And if you must let the world see your junk, show your junk in a way that's appropriate. Trek off <laughs> is for appropriate junk showing. Yes. Trek off is against inappropriate uh, Trek off junk is showing. Absolutely in we're all about appropriate junk showing. Agree. If I if my life has a meaning <laughs> That's the meaning. That's the meaning. Show all your right. junk when appropriate. And, and on that note, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name is Alexia. Show your trunk. Trek off it is.
So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over a hundred hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there. Trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com. Trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and Trek Off.